Psalm 65 and verse number 1. The Bible said, Praise waiteth for thee, O God, in Zion, and unto thee shall the vow be performed. O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. Iniquities prevail against me, as for our transgression thou shalt purge them away. Blessed is the man whom thou chosest and causest to approach unto thee, that he may dwell in the courts, in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. By terrible things and righteousness wilt thou answer us, O God of our salvation, who art the confidence of all the ends of the earth and of them that are afar off upon the sea, which by his strength setteth fast the mountains, being girded with power, which stilleth the noise of the seas, the noise of their waves, and the tumult of people of the people. They also that dwell in the uttermost parts are afraid of thy tokens. Thou makest the outgoings of the mornings and evenings to rejoice. Thou visitest the earth and watereth it. Thou greatly enricheth it with the river of God, which is full of water. Thou preparest them corn when thou hast so provided for it. Thou waterest the ridges thereof abundantly. Thou settlest the, for, the furrows thereof. Thou makest it soft with showers. Thou blessest the springing thereof. Thou crownest the year with thy goodness, and thy past drop fatness. They drop upon the pastures of the wilderness, and the little hills rejoice on every side. The pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys also are covered over with corn. They shout for joy. They also sing. Father, I pray tonight in Jesus' name, God, that you would touch us these next few moments. I pray, Lord, that you would give us liberty, and I pray the Holy Spirit would do the work that no man can do. I pray that you'd bind the devil tonight. I pray, God, that he would not have any part in this service or preeminence in anything. But, oh, God, I pray that you would be glorified these next few moments, and we'll love you, and we'll praise you, and we'll thank you. For we do ask it in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated tonight. Psalm 65 is what we would call a harvest psalm tonight. And when you think about that, it is because it was written during harvest time. I thought about the season in which that uh, we're in right now as we know it to be fall of the year and harvest season for a lot of crops and a lot of farmers and that was the time that this psalm was written. Now no one really knows for certain when or who uh, uh, wrote Psalm 65. Some believe David wrote Psalm 65. Others believe that Hezekiah wrote Psalm 65 but I think when you read this psalm here in my personal opinion, which is only an opinion tonight, but I do think that it was David that wrote this psalm because when you begin to read it, uh, it talks more about a pastor than a palace, amen? And David would have known more about the pastor than what Hezekiah would have known having lived most of his life in a palace lifestyle. And so when we think about that tonight, I personally believe that David is the author of this psalm, but we know that whoever wrote the psalm, that when this psalm was written, it was right after a great national victory, amen? God had blessed the nation of Israel and the psalmist began to down about the goodness and the government and the grace of Almighty God. I want to stop and say this tonight. I thank God for the victories he has given our nation. Amen. I thank God that uh, he has been merciful to us and he has blessed our land. I do appreciate that uh, we don't have the president we could have had. Amen. I thank God for the victories he has given our president. I do want to stop and say this. I don't like the cussing that he's been using. Somebody say amen right there. I wouldn't care who it was 
us. Uh, I don't think that God ever approves of anybody having a foul mouth, amen? And I'd say it if Obama was president, and I might as well say it if Trump's president, and God would bless him a whole lot more if he'd just keep his mouth clean. Somebody say amen right there. And David was a king uh, uh, that knew how to honor God, amen? Now, we experience the mercy and the grace of God through our king that or president that we have now uh, because God has heard the prayers of his people. But how much more if our king would do what this king did, does here, if he would give God the honor and God the glory and magnify God for the victories that have come to our nation, amen? I think America is as sick, if not more sick tonight spiritually than what she was three and a half years ago, amen? But I wanna tell you, my friend, I do thank God that in the midst of wrath, he has remembered mercy, amen? And David was a man that knew much about the mercy of God. And in this psalm here, I want you to see David in three things, amen? I want you to notice, first of all, in verses one through four, I want us to see tonight David's coming to God. I want you to notice how David came before the presence of the Lord, amen? Because David was a king. David was a man of authority. But when he came before God, he never changed his attitude. He never changed his identity. David approached God the same way he did as a king as he did when he was a shepherd boy, amen? Can I tell you tonight, it doesn't matter what our status is in society. It doesn't matter, listen, what people think of us. It doesn't matter how much name or fame or anything else we may have or think we have tonight. When we come in the presence of God, we ought to be reminded of who we are and we ought to be reminded of who he is, amen? We ought to be reminded tonight that when you take away all the fluff and everything else, we're just men at our very best and we need God. We need him as much tonight as we've ever needed him in all of our life, amen? And David never got away from that. Notice with me in verse number one that David, when he comes before God, and it's important tonight how we approach God, amen? And David comes to God in verse number one with praise, amen? He said, praise waiteth for thee, O God, in sign, and unto thee shall the vows be performed. Uh, David comes before God uh, uh, with an attitude uh, of praise, hallelujah. You know, I think we ought to come before God with that same attitude. That means to come with the intent to praise God. How many people sitting in our churches today, they never intend to praise God? When we come, we sing, the choir sings. That's an opportunity to praise God. Whenever the man of God's preaching or it's the Sunday school teacher is teaching the truth, it's an opportunity to praise God. And we ought to come into his presence with singing and we ought to come into his courts with thanksgiving. And David was a man that David knew how to worship, amen? And David knew that worship involved praise, amen? Can't nobody say amen for you but you. Can't nobody testify for you but you. Can't nobody raise their hand for you but you and if God gave you the ability you ought to exercise it every now and then you ought to get excited about the goodness of God I'm talking about friend we've got much as the choir saying to praise God for amen 
I didn't come to church to see nobody tonight, and I'm sure you didn't. Too. I mean, I want to see you. I hope you understand that. And I'm glad to see you. I like to fellowship in that sense, amen. But my purpose of being here, and I don't think your purpose of being here was to see the preacher, amen. And it wasn't my purpose to be here just to see the people. We enjoy the fellowship, and we enjoy to see each other. But if all we have is fellowship, then we're missing the common denominator, amen. What draws us all together, what brings us to this place uh, three times a week, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, is that we don't just gather here to look at each other, but we gather here to lift up his name. Uh, we gather here to praise his name. Uh, and David in this psalm here, he comes before God with praise, amen. And then I see that he comes before God in prayer. Look at verse number two. O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. I want to tell you, if we don't pray, we won't praise. Is that right? The reason David was a praising man was because David was a praying man. And I tell you, if you can get a man or a woman praying, you ain't got to worry about their praising. It'll come out of them, amen? I'm telling you, when you spend time alone with God, when you get in that secret place, when you spend time in prayer, as old brother Ed Blue used to say years ago, it'll break out on you, amen? And when you get alone with God and you get hooked up with God, uh, sooner or later, there's gonna be a joyful noise gonna come out. You're gonna have to tell somebody about him. You're gonna have to say something about him, amen? Prayer hook you up to heaven, friend. Uh, uh, prayer tune you into another world. Uh, and David was a worshiper, uh, but David was a prayer, and he came to God in praise, uh, and he came to God in prayer. Oh, there's much to pray about. Isn't that right? We ought to pray for our spouse uh, and we ought to pray for our children and we ought to pray for our church uh, and we ought to pray for our pastor and we ought to pray for our pastor's wife. You say, why you say that? Because I need it. Amen. Uh, we ought to pray for the Sunday school teachers. Uh, we ought to pray for the musicians. Uh, we ought to pray for the instruments. Amen. We ought to pray for the young people and we ought to pray for the married couples of the church uh, and we ought to pray for all the functions uh, and we ought to pray for revival and we ought to pray for visitation and we ought to pray for sinners, amen, and we ought to pray for the services. There is so much that we ought to pray for. We ought to pray for the offering and we ought to pray for the missionaries. I mean, it just goes on and on and on and listen, it doesn't take a whole lot of thinking. If you'll spend time in prayer, we ought to be a people of prayer, amen. Oh, thou that hearest prayer unto thee shall all flesh come. David comes to God in praise. David comes to God in prayer. And then I notice in verse number three, David comes to God with a problem, amen? And I want you to notice the problem that David has in verse number three because it's the same problem that your pastor has and it's the same problem that you have. Look what he said here. He said, iniquities prevail against me. As for our transgression, thou shalt purge them away. Now David had a lot of enemies, but David David's number one enemy was his flesh, amen? And David said, God, I'm coming to you in praise. I'm coming to you in prayer, but I'm coming to you with a problem. And the problem's not, listen, the problem's not the, the, the it's not somebody that wanted to take the kingdom. It's not somebody, some army that was trying to fight against Israel. David said, Lord, I've got a problem, and the problem's my old sorry stinking flesh, amen? He said, these iniquities are against me, and he said, I need a cleansing. I need a purging. Can I tell you something? I need God to cleanse 
cleanse me every day, don't you? I need God to cleanse my mind. I need him to cleanse my heart. I need him to keep my hands clean. And if I don't ask him to do that, you know what'll happen? The dirt piles up in my life. I'll tell you, it'll weigh you down. That's why I like preaching, amen? You know what preaching will do? It'll turn the light on for you. Reading that Bible will turn the light on for you. It'll show you and I the dirt that's in our life so we can do something about it and we can get purged. David said, I got a problem and the problem is this flesh tonight, amen? You know, if it wasn't for my flesh, I wouldn't have 90% of the problems that I have tonight. The problem of the flesh isn't just in the youth. It's in all of our life. And young people tonight, you'll battle the flesh the rest of your life. But you can have victory over the flesh. You don't have to yield to the flesh. You can, you can crucify the flesh. You can put it on the cross, amen. And you can yield to God and be an instrument of righteousness rather than an instrument of unrighteousness. But you gotta ask for a cleansing. You say, but preacher, I don't feel like I'm right with God. I don't feel like I'm where I need to be at. Well, it's your own fault if you choose to live that way because all you've got to do is exercise the privilege and the prerogative that's been given to you and get on your knees and say, God, I need you to cleanse me from these iniquities, amen. That's what David said in Psalms 51. He said, wash me and I shall be clean. He said, make me that I shall be whiter than snow, creating me a clean heart, oh God. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. I'm talking about tonight. It feels so good just to be able to get on your knees and confess your sins and be able to be made clean before the presence of God. Amen. God is a merciful God. David knew about his mercies. And David comes before God in prayer. He comes before God with a problem. And then notice verse number four. David comes before God with peace. He said, blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee, that he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, uh, even of thy holy temple. You see, here's what David knew tonight. David knew that if he praised God and if he came to God in prayer and that if he asked God to help him with his problem, which was his flesh, uh, he had the peace and the assurance uh, that God would forgive him of all of his sins. Amen? I want to tell you tonight, God is more willing to forgive us of our sins uh, than we are to confess it, amen? He said in 1 John 1 and verse 9, you know the verse uh, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, amen? If we'll come to God, uh, we can come in peace, amen? We can come to God uh, and ask for cleansing and forgiveness uh, and we can experience uh, and enjoy that forgiveness. You see, God don't hold grudges tonight and God don't drag up our past. And God, don't dangle our sins of our past before us. Once they've been washed in the blood, once they've been confessed and they've been cleansed and they've been forgiven, God lets us find mercy and he gives us peace and he gives us that assurance. I'm telling you, if I was to do something tonight uh, to upset one of my parents uh, and was to make them upset with me, listen, even at the age that I am, if I was to go to one of them and say, I'm sorry and I want to ask you to forgive me, do you know I have the assurance tonight that they would exercise mercy and they would forgive me even after all these years? Uh, 
And you children, you young people know that tonight. And all of us parents understand that because we are a parent ourselves. And we know that no matter what our children do, if they're sincere, we're going to exercise forgiveness and show them mercy. Amen. Where do you think we got that from? Amen. It came from a compassionate and a merciful God that's willing to forgive if we're willing to ask. Amen. Now see David's coming to God. And then I see here David's concept of God. In verse number five down to verse number eight, David tells us what his thinking is about God. And I want to mention these verses, but I want to sum it up in one word. And it's the word power. David knows that God is an all-powerful God. And when he comes to him in this text here, notice in verse number five, that David comes and how we view God determines a lot of what we think, amen? And his concept of God is that God has the power to convert. He said, by terrible things in righteousness wilt thou answer us, O God of our salvation. He has the power to convert, the power to save, amen? He talks about those that are far off from the sea, talking about the heathen. God has the power to convert. I wanna say I'm glad that in 2019, God still has the power to convert sinners, amen, he still has the power uh, to change lives amen, I'm glad he's a powerful God, that listen, there's no sinner that's too big for God, that what he cannot save them, I want to tell you my friend, if God's got the power to save a sinner, which we all were and we all are, then you know God's still got the power to cleanse and to forgive us of all our sins tonight, he has the power to convert, and then David knew that he had the power to create look what he said in verse number 6 which by his strength set as fast the mountains, being girded with power. He said God created the mountains. How many of y'all believe God created the mountains tonight? I believe he created the whole world, don't you? And I believe he did it in six days, amen? Uh, listen, uh, uh, Dr. So-and-so can write all the books he wants to and say what he wants to about all these different catastrophes and that in, uh, in reality it took God more than six days. Uh, my only problem with that, that's not what the Bible says, amen? And I'm not taking man's word over God's word. Uh, I think God spoke the worlds into existence in six days uh, and on the seventh day he rested just like the Bible says, amen? And if God, uh, now you think about this how many times have we faced problems and it looked like there was no way out? Have you ever been there? Have you ever looked at a situation and said, there's just no way? You thought, that God gave me this thought this afternoon. I about shouted in the living room when it came to me. If God can create the worlds when there was no worlds, then you know tonight God can create a way when there is no way. Is that right? We look at our little old problems and we just say, there's no way that's going to ever work out. There's no way that's ever going to happen. There's no way that's, that, that wall's ever going to be removed. There's no way that person's ever going to get saved or get right. Well, if God could step out on nothing and create worlds when there was no worlds, don't you think the same God that did that could step out when there is no way and create a way? I mean, if he can create a world, surely he can create a way in my life. I, I'm telling you, I praise him for that tonight. How many times in our life have we looked back 
down through life's road. I'm telling you, there's been mountains in our life. It may just be that God set that mountain there and let it be in our way so that we could see that the God of the valley is still the God of the mountain and the God of the mountain is still God in the valley. Amen. I'm glad that he can make a way when there is no way because he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He knows the way. He has the way. He is the way. Hallelujah tonight. And God always, somehow, some way, he makes a way, doesn't he? And David says, my concept of God is that he's power, powerful. He has the power to convert. He has the power to create. But then notice in verse number nine, he has the power to control. He said, they also that dwell in the uttermost parts are afraid at thy tokens. Thou makest the outgoings of the morning and the evenings to rejoice. He said, God controls the heathens. They're afraid of him. God controls the morning and he controls the evening. The fact that the sun rose this morning and that it set this afternoon, you know what it tells me? That my God is still in control. I'm telling you, when I get up in the morning and I see the sunrise of another morning, it reminds me that I'm not in control. I didn't get the sun up this morning. I didn't tell the sun to shine. I didn't tell the moon to come out. I didn't tell the stars to shine. But there's one that sits high and holy in the heavens tonight and he's been raising the sun and turning the lights on the moon at night just to remind us one more time, I'm still in control of everything, that nothing never happens, hallelujah, that it doesn't pass through the hands of God. He is in control, hallelujah. Woo, praise God. There's some things in my life that looks like they're out of control. But I'm gonna tell you something, they may spin out of my head and they may get out of my reach, but God holds the world in the palm of his hands. He's meted out the heavens with the span of his hand. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how far it gets out, it'll never get out of the hand of God. He is in control tonight, hallelujah. And I think sometimes we have a small concept of who this God we serve really is. And I see tonight David's concept, David's coming to God, his concept of God. But then I want you to notice he closes this chapter out. I see David's confession of God. Because what happens in verse number nine is David just kind of gets beside himself. You know, I like it when people get beside themselves, don't you? He says, well, I just don't know about all that shouting. Well, don't go to heaven, friend. You get nervous down here in a shouting service, you're going to have a nervous breakdown when you get to the other side. Amen. Because you'll be shouting. Isn't that, isn't that right? And David in this, verse, this psalm, he begins to pray and talk to God. He begins to think about the power of God. And by the time we get to verse nine, and this runs to the rest of this chapter here, throughout the rest of these verses here, David begins to talk about the God of the heavens and the God of the heathen, amen? He begins to magnify him. Look what he said. He said, thou visiteth the earth and waterest it. And then he uses that word again in verse 10, thou waterest the ridges thereof abundantly. And then again in verse 11, thou crown the year with thy goodness and thy past drop, drop with fatness. I, I won't talk about all these verses tonight, but what da- because what David is doing is David is just walking through earth uh, and he's looking about that it's God that makes the rivers and the streams and the mountains and the valleys. Uh, it's God that, that rejoices and brings the showers and, and waters the hills and the hills rejoice back to God. Uh, and it's God that makes the meadows and the pastures. Uh, David is looking around uh, like a young shepherd boy and he's seeing all 
all the things uh, that God does on a daily basis. Uh, and David begins to praise him and say, I just got to give him glory. I just got to give him honor. It's all God. Uh, you realize it's God that runs the water through the streams. Amen. It's God that sends the fishes through the sea. Uh, it's God that raises the sun uh, and causes the stars to shine. Uh, it's God uh, that puts the grass in the meadow uh, and that puts the clover in the field uh, and puts the feed down for the bird uh, and causes the bird to be born. Uh, it's God that gives life to you uh, and it's God that gives life to me. Uh, it's God that takes care of us uh, as we race up and down the road uh, and puts food on our table. It's God that keeps us healthy and keeps our heart pumping and keeps our lungs going and keeps the disease out of our body. It's not us. Uh, it's God. It's always been God. Uh, it's him. Uh, it's him. Hallelujah. It's God. Hallelujah. Woo. I like that old song. Somebody around here sings it. Brother, that's God. Amen. I'm telling you, if you get full enough, you'll see God in everything. Amen. He's in the sunshine, but he's in the storm. Amen. He's on the mountain, but thank God he's down in the valley. I'm telling you, it's God that puts a rose amongst the thorns. It's God that puts the lily down in the valley. It's God that puts a twinkle in the star. I'm telling you, it's God that puts the honey down in the comb. It's God that puts a song in the bird. Amen. I'm about to think myself happy. Amen. It's God that gets you up in the morning. And it's God that puts you to sleep at night. It's God that watches over you. It's God. I'm telling you, he is wonderful. Hallelujah. Tonight. Woo! I bless his name tonight. I'm telling you, had it not been for God, had it not been for the Lord, had it not been for his goodness, had it not been for his mercy, I wonder where we'd be at tonight. But it is God. Hallelujah. Woo! And I'll tell you, when you start thinking about God, you won't whine about all the problems in life. Hey, a lot of people just feel sorry for themselves. You ever had one of those pity parties? I'm telling you, God don't let me have too many of them. He don't let me go, he'll let me go about two minutes. And then he'll give me a glorified shut up. <laughs> Suck it up, buttercup. Isn't that right? That woe is me song, I can't get past the first stanza of it. And God said, woe is you, grace is you. It's grace, amen. I'm telling you tonight, I think about the trials of life and nobody enjoys them, but I'm glad I got a friend. I'm glad I didn't go through one trial without my friend. I didn't go through one trial and what he didn't hold my head and what he didn't help me and what he didn't consult me. Oh, bless his name. I say glory. I say glory. What a friend. What a friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. He's always there. He's always Always near. What a precious, precious friend. What a friend. Hallelujah. Woo! He'll be there in the midnight hour. He'll be there when your back's against the wall. He'll be there when you don't know which way to turn. He'll be there when there's no resources. God will come walking through the dark hills of your life and he'll bring deliverance and refuge. A brother that is God. Hallelujah tonight. Woo! Glory to its name. What a friend. What a comfort. What a consolation. I'm telling you, I can't breathe. I'm done. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. 
Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. I just want to say praise God, praise God. I say bless his name. I say praise his name. I say glory his name. I say he's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Hallelujah. Woo. He's so good to us, isn't he? And tonight, we have more reasons to rejoice, don't we? I tell you, on a Wednesday night, like Brother Laddie said, I'm so glad I came to church. And I'm so glad I came to this church, aren't you? Brother, I'm telling you, like a cool drink of water, that's God. That's Him. I sat down there in the living room a few moments ago, and I heard that old song on the radio. What a friend. I wish I could sing. If I could, I'd sing it right now. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. I'm telling you, I felt his presence. I felt his presence come in that living room. I'm telling you tonight, God is real. He's real tonight. Don't you love him because he's real? I feel him right down in my soul tonight. Hallelujah. Woo! What a God. Hallelujah. And tonight, you may be here as we stand. Hey, it could be harvest time in your life tonight. Say, preacher, I'm telling you, listen, I know this to be true. I can't make one of my problems go away. I can't fix me. But I'll tell you what I have found out to be a deliverance more times than not in my life. When I just go ahead and start praising Him. And I just go ahead and start glorifying Him. God comes on the scene. He shows up. He helps us. Amen. When you give him glory and honor, he helps you. And tonight as our heads are bowed, I don't know what, I don't even know what to say. I just need, I just want to say to you tonight, if you need to use the altar and if you need help, God will help you. Whatever the need is tonight, he'll be God to you. You don't have to tell me and I don't have to know anyway. Wouldn't do no good if I did know. But God knows tonight. We're going to sing while we sing. You let the Lord help you. What are we going to sing tonight?